This is Global Ambitions, your 15-minute window into the minds of localization and international go-to market experts. Discover how they respond to their biggest challenges. Here's today's host. Hi, my name is Antoine Ray, and I'll be your host today for this Global Ambition podcast episode. And my guest today is Cartel Gentreau, a seasoned localization professional who has worked on both the client and the LSP side with companies such as SDL, Yahoo, Box, and more recently, Netflix. Cattel, welcome to the program. Thank you, Antoine. And it's always weird and fun to hear my name pronounced in the French way, so I appreciate that. Thank you. The proper way, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about establishing successful client and partner relationships, something that is close to my own heart. So I'll dive right into today's topic. What's your experience? What do you need? What are the ingredients to successful client LSP relationship in your own experience? Yeah, I think there's a few things that come to mind when I think about what makes a successful relationship. And I would say generally, all of it takes a lot of hard work, both on the client side and on the LSP side. I think there needs to be trust. And that trust is not always like uh, there to begin with. Like you need to really understand how each side works. And I'm not saying that you need to understand all the details. There needs to be, I think, a certain level of transparency in order to build that trust. But I'm not saying that, you know, as an LSP, you're not going to know all the details of what's going on on the client side. And the opposite is true. Like as a customer, I'm not interested to know all the details of how the sausage is made on the LSP side. I I've been on that side and I know there's some stuff that's going on and that's for the vendor to actually sort out themselves and and really, but that trust is there. Like you need to trust them that they take care of that piece yet you don't see. But that said, I think within reason, it's important to understand the context generally, the context on the on the client side so that the vendor can do their work well. They need to understand what the expectations are and be clear about that. And so once you do that, and you also get a glimpse about how things are done on the LSP side, you can start building that trust. I think there's also needs to be really a partnership mindset on both sides. And what I mean by that is that on the client side, you really need to think your vendor as a partner and not as somebody you just throw things over the wall and it's an inconvenience at best and you just have to do it that way. I think, you know, there's there's a lot that an LSP can bring to the vendor side and not just because it allows you to do the translation, for instance, or do any other task that needs to be done because there's too much volume or, or because there's nobody else to do it. But it's also a great way to tap into talents that you may not have. So you may not have a team internally, but even if you do have a team, a team of, I don't know, engineers, PMs, you know, language managers, there there will be some things that maybe you don't have. Like there's some expertise, especially if your activity expands and diversify, you may find that you don't have that particular expertise in your team. So what do you do? Do you hire somebody? And maybe it's worth doing, but your partner is there to help you do that and reach, you know, those next goals that you have. And I think on the LSP side, it's also really thinking about this in a, in a partnership way. And for me, that means really providing counsel, advice, 
and not hesitate to actually come up with recommendations and suggestions about how things could be done. And I know this is not always easy because on the vendor side is this kind of this wall, well, how far can you go? How willing is the customer to listen to you? But I, I found that the best partnerships that, that I've seen, you know, with LSPs have been when the LSP has put themselves out there and say, okay, this is what's going on. These are like the KPIs that we have, and this is how things are working. But here, let's look at some different things that maybe could be of value to you, or this is what we are doing internally in order to improve whatever area we, we want to work on. So I think thinking in a strategic way about how you can help the customer reach their goals. And of course, the customers need to be somehow transparent about what their goals are internally so that it's, it doesn't just remain transactional, that that is really a true partnership and it's it's working towards a, a common goal. And, and when you can get to that, and again, I don't think that's easy, when you can get to that, it's kind of nice because you really have on both sides, you have a true partnership that is working towards a, a common goal. So that conversation is not new. No. I know I'm not reinventing the wheel there. Uh, and so, but, uh, and I kind of get a sense that it is progressing more and more in that direction where I find like a lot more clients are saying, well, we want you to be successful mm -hmm. with us, yep. you know, yep. but there's still a lot of them that are not doing that. And so I'm just wondering uh, in your experience, and I think you mentioned at Netflix, you did something interesting where you're creating some content, you're creating some support material to really give the LSP an inside look as to what it is you're doing, what you want to achieve and to help them be successful. Because yeah. once you've now done to yeah. three or five vendors and you've selected some of the top ones there, 95%, 99%, they're all going to be able to do, to deliver on what you're looking for. But that ingredient on your side, what you're adding to the sauce will make a difference. So can you share with us some practical things that you think will help in this case? Yeah, I think, and I've been saying this to a few people recently because it dawned on me how much work it takes internally on the, the customer side to actually set up the vendor for success. Now, you know, people generally in the industry understand that, you know, there is a basic need of getting enough time, getting context and getting paid enough in order to do a good job. That's fairly well understood, although I'm sure on the LSP side, you see more than <laughs> than how come you get don't pay enough don't have enough time and get no context so it's well understood but there's still you know a lot that can be done there and i think the realization that we came out uh, when i was at netflix is that especially when you're talking about creative content but but not only but especially mm -hmm. creative content at such a scale i think people often underestimate how much work it takes internally to set up the vendor for success. And so there was a lot of work done, and there still is, on doing just that, on getting all those parameters right. And certainly one of the pieces that I was the most involved in is really that context piece, that context and that guidance. Now, you have the context that everybody understands, like, okay, uh, I have this string and I don't know where it fits, you know. So that's the kind of stuff that is obvious, but it's still not where it should be 
be like getting at trying trying to get that context about how it's going to look on the page what is the whole story what comes behind what's come what comes after but also you know when you operate at such a scale it's really providing that guidance to the translators who are going to be doing the job or the, the creatives who are going to be doing the work because a lot of it is beyond translation is transcreation it's recreation of content so there was a, an awful lot of time but time well spent building a lot of guidelines and documentations and training that really give the the teams working on the content the tools that they need in order to not follow uh, prescriptive guidelines that tell them do it this way and not that way but give them the context that they need in order to make the right, right decision for that particular you know instance and of course the assumption is that you get translators or, or creative people who know what they do doing, have been right. trained and understand generally how things work. But even if they are, they come with their own biases, they, they come with their, their own experience. And if you want something that is going to be generally consistent in the way that we tackle those creative challenges, then you need to actually work on that. And so at Netflix specifically, there is okay. a whole bunch of very, very talented language managers who put together libraries of guidelines and, and training for the LSP, which I think has been extremely beneficial, for instance. So that's an investment, I think, that is critical and that the client has to make, as well as the LSP in that yep. case, to, to really digest these guidelines and to therefore becoming really part of the client team in this case. Yes. My question yeah. to you then based on that is that, is that more cost effective than having maybe your own in-house people? <laughs> so that's like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the question. I, I think that question, if we take a step back and look at generally the industry is a question where you, the answer has to be, it depends. It really depends what you're trying to do. In the case of Netflix, because of the volume, because of the scale at which the company operates, it is absolutely time well spent because there is no way that the language managers who are working internally are going to be you know, working on all this content. We're talking about thousands of titles every year and subtitling you know, for all these titles, plus all the related material, plus all the products. You know. There is no way they're going to do this. And that's not their job. Their job is to drive the strategy, the language strategy, and to really guide what that voice should be for the company and for that piece of content. So it is absolutely time well spent, but it will maybe be different for another company. If the volume is less, if the challenge, maybe there's a lot of security questions, you know, that makes it that it's very difficult to get vendors involved and you need people internal. Of course, generally, the translation work tends to be done by vendors. And so is it more cost-effective it depends how much volume you have and also how deep you want to go. But I personally don't believe that you cannot be successful with working with LSPs. You need to put the work in it. Right. But I don't think there's any particular content that cannot be localized by LSPs and where you absolutely need to have people in-house. In if you do have those limitations, in my experience, they're linked to stuff like security and access more than, than really talent or you know creative skills or something like that so i i don't have a clear answer i know that in the case of netflix right. it was absolutely worth doing it this way because there's no other way that it can be done you, you cannot have an army of translators internally doing this right. I and mean, you could but you know the company's mission is to entertain people not to not to build an lsp internally so i don't, I don't think that's what they're going to do my two cents <laughs> 
No, no, very good. I think it, we're seeing it happening more and more in the industry where those clients are starting to really invest in that relationship in creating support material, like you mentioned there, because like a translator, whether they are in uh, LSB, A, B, or C, you know, if that person is a good translator, the investment that the client makes might make the difference between an average translator and an excellent translation job, yeah. you know, in, in, into a client-specific content in this case. Absolutely, so, yeah. Assuming that the LSP is also willing and there to invest in that relationship and to spend the time. And when I say invest, that means like sometimes it's not only willingness, but it's also being ready to not charge for everything that they might be trained on and spending the time to read mm -hmm. those guidelines, you know, and, and, and be yeah. successful in this. The other side, and hopefully we still have a bit more time there, but that I want to talk about is like push it even further. And I've seen that successfully done at other companies before where you have an inter vendor or inter LSP collaboration within one client, you know, where the client is going to say, well, I'm working with three or four vendors and I want them to collaborate together for my benefit in mm -hmm. this case. Yeah. Is that something that you've discussed internally or you've seen? Um, I have seen to some extent. I think my experience has been mostly in the realm of quality management, quality evaluation, where you have one vendor doing the translation, to put it simply, and then one one vendor providing, you know, auditing services and providing scores and, and feedback and this kind of stuff. And that tends to work fairly well. My caveat on this is that there's also a risk sometimes to have a little too much friendliness in some way. Like they can be, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> you could come to a point where the reviewing vendor doesn't want to get anybody in trouble and knows that if the scores are part of KPIs and, and that's how the, the translation vendor is, mm. is evaluated generally, that could, uh, a negative score could impact those general KPIs and this kind of stuff. So right. you have to be careful with this. And this is, again, where there is a need for the customer to keep a close eye on this and do regular recalibration and do this kind yeah. of stuff. So I've seen this work fairly well, but I haven't really necessarily been involved in initiatives where we've pushed that further in terms of collaboration. I don't know what you were thinking about when you mentioned that, but I've seen it work fairly well in the quality evaluation yeah. space with the caveat that I've mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen I've seen it a few times where beyond just the LQA vendor, you know, and the LSP, where a couple of LSPs doing the same job on different product will end up owning a piece of the localization program with the client where they have to come up with suggestions yeah. on technology, where they have to come up with suggestions on communication or things like that for and work together, you know, to prepare for an annual meeting or for a quarterly business review with all the vendors, all of that for the benefit of the client. And that's difficult. It doesn't work with everybody, but when it does, it's quite yeah. powerful for the client. Yeah. Yeah, I think saying that it doesn't work necessarily for everybody, that that's a good point because I don't think all LSPs would be so open to, right. to do this kind of stuff either. Like there is maybe some, you know, there's competition there. So you also need to think right. about that and how they perceive it internally. But that can be interesting for sure. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Well, I think we've come to the end of our time. And so, Katzel, I'm going to thank you for this very interesting conversation. I think it's the first time we have a podcast with two French people speaking in English. So hopefully people <laughs> will understand us. 
<laughs> but thanks for coming on to the program, okay? You're very welcome. Thanks, Antoine. Thanks for tuning in to Global Ambitions. Subscribe at globalambitions.net or wherever you get your podcasts.